It is Thursday, October 1st. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now a guy who's never on the injury list yet still remains questionable, J.P. Shadrick. I think we're all kind of banged up at this point in the season somehow, some way. Welcome in Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday and happy October. We have made it to October. Yes, indeed. We've got plenty to get to on the show today. A Jaguars Bengals preview in week four. The Jags head to Cincinnati on the banks of the Ohio River at Paul Brown Stadium for this week's game. We'll preview the matchup and should be a good matchup. We'll see um, Joe Burrow on the other side. The defense needs a faster start, to say the least. We'll see how they can get that done. Offensive consistency, a little bit of an issue, certainly last week. We'll hear from the quarterback today, James Robinson, who got a league award today. Tony Baselli joins us at 4.30. And the Titans-Steelers situation, they have postponed that game this week to a later date to be named. Uh, because of COVID-19 positive tests. We'll break that all down and discuss Thursday night football tonight. Jeff Logeman from his home studio joining us. A happy October, Logs. We're finally here. I love October, you know, and in, in, in perfect fashion, we had a nice little cool weather snap, you know, to kind of bring us into the month of October. It doesn't get any better than that. It does not. Uh, that means, what, deer season's around the corner? Is that right? Uh, yeah, um, it, that's always a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I cannot lie. Uh, but, uh, but most importantly, it's not just deer season, JP. This is football weather at its best. When you wake up in the morning, it's, you know, 60 degrees, 55 degrees. And most people that are probably listening from North Dakota or Minnesota are going, what are you talking about? You know, football weather is when you wake up and it's 20 and the daytime highs in the 40s. Well, in North Florida, that's not how it works. You know, we like to see it about 50 degrees when we wake up and daytime highs around 70, but it's absolutely football weather, JP. We'll take it, and we'll see if the Jaguars can uh, get on the practice field this week and enjoy that weather, get ready for this week's game. And Logs, we, we touched on, I touched on it at the start of the show here. The defense needs a faster start. It's been a talking point really the last two weeks after giving up touchdowns in the opening drive week one, week two, and then three straight touchdown drives to open week three on Thursday night, a week ago uh, from tonight. Uh, how did they do that? Is it, a, is it a mentality? Is it just playing better early in the game? How does the defense start faster and get off the field? Isn't it kind of fitting that we start with a faster start by the defense here in happy hour? I mean, right? I mean, <laughs> that's the first topic. I mean, you know, and, and just like us, okay, if you're having a problem with a fast start, then you start working on having a better start. And you can do that in practice. You know, as, as Coach Marone, I'm sure, has been doing this week, you have to have a practice that has better periods early in practice from the period one and period two. You're simulating a faster start in a game. Boys, we got to have a faster start in a game. We're going to start right here with a faster start to this practice. And I think that's how you do it. You create awareness to it. And because it's not a matter of, okay, guys aren't ready to play or uh, guys just, you know, or, okay, we got to get warmed up. No, I mean, you warmed up. I mean, you got, you got pregame warm up. You got all the ability in the world to get ready to play a football game and get ready for the speed of the game. 
So you've just got to be able to change your mindset. That's all it is. It's a mindset change. And I don't want to hear any excuses. Oh, this is a young football team. They need to learn how to start fast. No. If you, if you create an awareness for it and they're accustomed to having a fast start, they're accustomed to starting faster in practice, then they will have a fast start in the game. And here's the other thing, JP. I'm so tired yeah. of hearing about should the Jaguars defer or should they take the ball <laughs> to start a game, and that'll make all the difference in the world. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, are, are we really talking about changing the destiny of a game by either deferring or taking the ball? I mean, come on. That's, you know, for ESPN on Monday Night Football, that should be the ultimate come on, man. Come on, man. It doesn't matter. Whether <laughs> you put it. the offense out uh, there or the defense out there, you play ball and you start better. And I don't care, I don't care if you want to start with a one-on-one -on -one drill between coaches. You know, it doesn't matter. It's all about starting fast, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, doesn't matter. Okay. No a matter who has up on the football. JP. I could tell. Yes, it's been a talking point this <laughs> week. But I'm kind of with you, though. Like, you, if you're a head coach or a coach in, in the league, you've had this philosophy probably for a long time about, you know, getting the ball last in the first half and then starting the second half with the football. You kind of steal two possessions that way. Why would you go change that now? See, I don't know. No, it is either. a talking point because Logs talked whoa, 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 about it. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you mean steal what? possessions? What are you talking so about? So if you de if you defer, that means you can try to play for the last possession of the first half, get points, and then open the okay. second half well, with see, the ball see, as well. I don't, I don't buy that argument either. Okay, from from a coach. Okay, and the reason I say I don't buy that argument is is who's to say that you're going to have the last possession of the first half or not? Correct. Right? I mean, are, are we assuming that okay because you defer and the opponent starts on offense that Timing-wise, you're going to always have the last possession of the first half? No. No. doesn't mean that. No. You know, so I, I don't no. buy that argument from a coaching standpoint either. You know, you work to have the last possession of the first half if you manage the clock correctly and your defense gets stopped and your offense possesses the ball and all those things happen. But sometimes I don't care if you do everything else, else perfectly. It doesn't work out that way. You know, so, so I don't buy that, okay, we're going to defer because then that means that we're going to we're going to end up having the last possession of the first half and then we get the the first possession of the second half as well because it doesn't always work out that way and to assume that it will i think is is ridiculous uh, in my opinion and so for me what you want to do is defer take the ball it doesn't matter and with your, if you're the jaguars right now and you've been deferring and it hasn't been working out and your defense is not starting out then just change it up Change it up or coach your football team to do better on that side of the ball defensively. You know, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's kind of like a dog chasing its tail, JP. I mean, it, it, it's, it's just endless. It's mindless. And you just got to play better football. You got to make more plays happen in the early part of the game, whether it's offense or defense or special teams. That's right, because at some point you're going to have the ball. At some point they're going to have the ball, and you're just going to play football. Let's let's get to yes, some of the football, football part of this. Make though. more plays. That's it. Make more plays. Be That's better. It. Be better. That's it's, it. You know, work to it, be better. Come out of practice. It and would work help. To be better in period one. It would help on defense to get better if they could find the pass rush on defense. They haven't had a lot of that this year, really not much of it at all. 
But this is a Bengals offensive line that has given up 14 sacks this year. That's the most of any quarterback in the league on Joe Burrow. He's been hit 31 times, including 18 quarterback hits last week. It kind of feels like this is one of those matchups that the Jaguars, hey, this is the week to, to try to get right. We heard from Josh Allen today, Jaguars' defensive end, and he's ready to get things going on the defensive line this week. Uh, I'm not really worried about what everybody else is doing because uh, everybody's going to play different. Uh, everybody schemes different. So I'm worried about how we prepare and how we're going to come and execute. Uh, so I know we got to do our thing uh, this week, and um, I know they have given up a lot of pressures, which is – you know, good sign for us. Uh, but, you know, we still have to do our job. We still got to get up the ball. We still got to rest passer as much as we as much as we can and get them to situations where we can be able to rush the pass as much as we want. So. All right. Uh, Logs, obviously it's a defensive front thing, but it's a statistic up there. It's a full defensive issue. If you ask Doug Marone and Todd Wash, there has to be a little better coverage out there. So the quarterback's not getting rid of it in the first or second read. Yeah, there, there's there's no doubt, JP, but, but let's put things in perspective here a little bit. Everybody's just saying, okay, the Bengals, they've given up 14 sacks, which is the worst in the league. They must be the worst team in the league at protecting the quarterback. Well, here's a little dose of reality for you. They gave up eight sacks against the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, so prior to that game, they were giving up six, right? I mean, pretty simple right. math. There are three a game, three in the first week, three in the second week if it was an average. Well, the Jaguars have given up 10. So they were giving up that amount, or basically the same type of numbers, in the first three games. They had a bad game against the Philadelphia Eagles, and they allowed eight sacks in that ball game. So would you like to have pressure on the quarterback? Absolutely. Do the Cincinnati Bengals have issues with their offensive line? Absolutely. They have a, what is essentially a rookie left tackle, and he is playing for the very first time in Jonah Williams. He has virtually no experience. Many people thought coming out that he should not be a left tackle. Many people thought that he should be an interior offensive lineman. The right guard, Fred Johnson, I believe his name is, had some issues in the game against the Eagles, and he was benched. And then he put another guy in there. So, yes, you would like to think that the Jaguars can get some pass rush and successful pass rush against the Cincinnati Bengals team. But the thing I think that impresses me the most is that even though that Joe Burrow got pressured in this ballgame, even though he took a pretty good cheap shot from former Jaguar Malik Jackson in that game against the Philadelphia Eagles. It didn't change right. it. It didn't change it. He didn't get skittish. He didn't get scared. He didn't start flinching in the pocket. And I give the rookie quarterback a lot of credit for that. And I think the Bengals will be better also if they run the ball better with a very good running back in Joe Mixon. I think their coach right now is a little pass happy, probably too much for a young quarterback. Joe burst on the ball. 141 times in three games. And he's a rookie. I don't care if he's the first pick overall in the draft or not. He's still a rookie. You can't put that kind of pressure on him. So I think it's going to be an interesting ball game. And then so you go back to the original question. You, you want to see the Jaguars pressure the quarterback? Sure. Okay, but right now the Jaguars aren't rushing the passer very well up front. Uh, in this past game against the Miami Dolphins, they didn't cover particularly well. And that's where Doug Marone is talking about you got to have both. And it's true. Rush and cover go hand in hand. So you got to cover well to be able to have time to rush the passer. You also have to rush the passer to be able to give you better coverage in the back end to have errant throws, which lead to interceptions and takeaways and such. So it does go hand in hand, JP. 
and I think the coverage can be better. But the one thing that concerned me concerns me is can the pass rush be better? I, I think that's a big question mark in my mind uh, because pass rush you got to have the guys to do it, and right now there has been a lot of guys that have contributed to pass rush in the past that are no longer here. And the guys that you have aren't playing particularly well. So can you generate pass rush just because it's the Cincinnati Bengals and they gave up 14 sacks? Not necessarily. But I hope that they can because it certainly would help in having success against a Bengals football team that is going to be hungry for a win. No doubt about that. And, you know, you mentioned Burrow and being a little pass happy on the offensive side up there. Well, they've got the weapons outside, too. They've got multiple receivers that have 1,000-yard seasons under their belt. Of course, A.J. Green's still there. He's back on the field this season. He missed 20 games in a row from 2018 through the entire 2019 season. First was a toe issue, and then last year had an ankle issue and missed all of Last season, he's back. He hasn't really exploded yet. I think the longest pass to a wide receiver this year up there is 25 yards. Uh, Tyler Boyd is there who can really, really get some things done. He's had a good start to the season so far. And, yeah, that's the thing. You mentioned Mixon, but I, I think the, the narrative outside of, uh, you know, the talking points outside of the offense so far, Mixon hasn't really been in the conversation. He hasn't had a breakout game yet because they have been throwing the ball so much. He is capable, though, and that's why they paid him $48 million. Well, give him the ball. I mean, give him the ball more, you know, when, when it's meaningful. You know, and, and to go back to the longest pass, Giovanni Bernard has a 40-plus yard catch that he had against the Eagles, by the way, which is their longest completion of the year. And A.J. Green is a, is a non-factor. I mean, who would have thought that the great A.J. Green, who we all compared kind of A.J. Green and Julio Jones, and the argument always kind of persisted, who's the better wide receiver? Well, right now it's, it's Julio Jones, and Julio Jones has been a little bit beat up, but A.J. Green has, has not really done much in the last couple of years. You know, the, the guy that, that I think that I, I would be more fear, fearful of is Boyd or Tate uh, or even Higgins with the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they have a very talented group of wide receivers. Now, it hurts them that they lost a tight end to an ACL. That hurts a little bit. Uh, but Giovanni Bernard, who I just mentioned about having that long catch, he's a very good passing type down back. And then those three receivers that I mentioned besides A.J. Green, they're pretty good now. And, uh, and I think this is going to be a, a pretty stiff challenge for a Jaguars defense because Doug's ta Doug talked about stressing coverage to get better as pass rushers. This is going to be a big challenge in coverage this week because they, they are big uh, and they can run. Uh, and, uh, and I think uh, some of them are, are capable of big plays. I mean, JP, you remember Auden Tate in the game that he had last year? Or, and uh, it was right prior to the Jaguars playing him. I mean, he was an absolute monster, and he has the capability of being a, a big-time player. So, and, in fact, when I was watching film of Auden Tate for the very first time, I remember going, man, that A.J. Green, he's looking good. But it wasn't A.J. Green. It was Austin Tate, him. very right. similar number. <laughs> right. Uh, so plenty of options for Joe Burrow, and uh, they are leaning on those heavily early in the season. Bengals looking for their first win, an 0-2-1 start to the season. The Jags have dropped two in a row. They'll try to uh, snap that skid coming up this Sunday. Uh, we're back in a moment, and we'll flip it around to the Jaguars offense. We'll hear from Jay Gruden, Jaguars offensive coordinator about missing DJ Chark last week and how it changed some things in the game plan. The Jags have launched an organization-wide 
Commitment to Voter Education, organized by players and coaches, and designed to encourage fans to get in the game with a call for civic engagement. The Jags are calling for fans in Florida to register to vote by the October 5th deadline. That is coming up quick. Today is October 1st. Visit jaguars.com vote as a resource for voter registration and key deadlines. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity why do you choose farah and farah first we have the financial resources to take on any insurance company and our track record proves that we know how to win our attorneys and staff are a team and we've worked together for decades to us our job is much more than just a paycheck we love to help and this is important we never forget it's not about us it's all about you. Farah and Farah, Jacksonville. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience. So members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Slot right, blue 42, hot, hot. A great quarterback is a true leader with a work ethic that never wavers and a desire to win that is second to none. We know a truck like that. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling truck 43 years straight. With impressive towing and payload, Ford F-150 makes tough jobs look easy. Visit your local Ford dealer for great offers on F-150, official truck of the NFL. Based on 1977 to 2019 calendar year total sales. Looking to be your own boss in a proven business model? Do you like construction and working outdoors? Superior Fence and Rail is franchising in new markets all over the Southeast. From Birmingham to Savannah and even a few more markets in Florida. Come win with Superior Fence and Rail and redefine the fence industry. So get off the fence and call Superior Fence and Rail to learn more about starting a fence franchise today. SuperiorFenceAndRail.com Uh, we talk about one-on-one matchups. He's usually the guy we want to look to in the one-on-one matchups. He's our best one-on-one matchup player. And not having him available kind of hurt us. And we had a 
a lot of formations and plays designed for him, and we didn't really know until Wednesday afternoon, late afternoon, that he wasn't going to be available to us, which really uh, it's hard to change your game plan totally uh, from Wednesday afternoon to Thursday night, uh, unfortunately. So that had a, a, a good impact, but we're not going to use that excuse. Other guys have to step up, um, and unfortunately, uh, we didn't do a good job of that. But but DJ is definitely a guy that uh, anytime he's not in the game, you're going to miss him for sure. That's Jay Gruden, Jaguars offensive coordinator earlier this week. DJ Chark absent from the game last week with an injury. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, uh, Tony Baselli is coming up at 4.30, and then at 5 o'clock, the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars radio network. Uh, I found that interesting, Logs, that uh, they had all these plans uh, in case DJ was ready to go, but they found out for sure Wednesday afternoon before a Thursday night game. Everything's compressed anyway in a short week, but it kind of threw a little bit of a wrench in the plans, it felt like. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't think he says you don't want to use that ex as an excuse, but he, but he kind of did. Uh, I mean, for me, if you have one guy that gets hurt in practice, and all of a sudden now you say you can't adjust the game plan, I mean, I, I think that you you got to have another guy step up and just fill that role. I mean, look, it's not easy to fill the role of DJ Chark because he's a he's a marvelous player, and there's not any other player I don't think on the Jaguars roster that can make the type of plays that DJ does. But you've got a good group of wide receivers, okay, against a Miami Dolphins team that really struggled in the prior weeks in coverage and didn't rush the passer particularly well. You know, so. It's not like, okay, all of a sudden you lost the only guy that you had that could beat the Miami Dolphins in man coverage. You know, there was opportunities lost in that ball game for other, in multiple areas. You know, Chris Conley had a couple drops. Chris Conley also had a penalty on an offensive pass yep. interference. He misses a block. He didn't have a very particularly good game. And then you also have a quarterback who aborted some plays a little bit early and also had some one-on-one -on -one opportunities that he either just didn't see or didn't choose to throw at. You know, and the Miami Dolphins, give them credit, they had been showing almost, I don't want to say all, but the highest percentage of man coverage in the league up until this game on Thursday night, and they came out and they played some zone. You know, so give Miami Dolphins some credit and that they, I don't want to say caught the Jaguars off guard, but they changed up some of the things maybe that the Jaguars were expecting to see. And uh, as an offense, you've got to adjust. You've got to adjust on Wednesday when you find out that DJ Chark is not going to be available. You've still got a couple days to maybe tweak a few things in the game plan. And then in the game part, when you find out that they're playing a little bit of zone, you've got to be able to adjust. You know, credit the Miami Dolphins. They played a good football game. Jaguars had a great opportunity on the national stage, and they just didn't play very well. And, and I think the one thing about not playing well on a Thursday night, JP, that simmers on you now. I mean, that's, that's 10 days you've got to sit there and, and chew on that. And so uh, if, if we don't see a motivated football team going to Cincinnati, I would be shocked. One name you mentioned there was Gardner Minshew and uh, maybe aborting some plays early, getting out of the pocket, running away from things. And I asked Gardner about that this week, the Jaguars quarterback, about pocket presence, and it's a work in progress. Uh, it's one of those things, kind of for me, uh, the rule of thumb I've always had is like, once you get through your progression, you know, then you look to make something happen. Um, yeah, you know, if you're skipping reads, 
and getting out early, then that's an issue. And then sometimes, you know, it just works out and then it's all good. And then it doesn't work out and then it's all bad. So, you know, it's a pro, uh, you know, process we're working on, you know, week by week. Week to week. And, you know, is it something that a young quarterback can improve upon as this goes along? Do, does your feel improve in a pocket? I'm, uh, I'm, it sounds like it's something that can, according to Gardner, their lives. Well, it can, and, and I think part of it is on Gardner and that he has to learn to trust the pocket. He has to have a better feel for when he needs to stay in and then also when he needs to abort. The other thing I think or category that it falls on is the offensive line. I don't think they played very well on Thursday night, JP. Uh, I don't think the tackles played well uh, in, in a game in which the Miami Dolphins had Ogba and and uh, Shaq Lawson, who are, I mean, they're okay players, but they're not great players. Uh, I think the guy that they're going to see this week with the Cincinnati Bengals, the two of them, are going to be better than what they saw on Thursday night. And, and the Jaguars tackles, I didn't think, played very well. Will Richardson didn't play well when he came in for the ejected Cam Robinson. Now, I, I, and here, here's the one thing I think that, that I'll bring up, JP. You know, at, at right tackle, Jawan Taylor, arguably was considered for the Jaguars to be drafted in the first round of last year's draft. But then all of a sudden, Josh Allen was available and like, whoa, wait a minute, we, we, we got a great player here. We got to take him. But there was conversation, I guess, that Juwan Taylor was going to be their pick. Well, if you think he's that talented, which I think he is, the expectation for him is it, it's got to be higher. You know, because he didn't play at the level that he needs to be playing at. I mean, I expect Jawan Taylor to be, in his second year, to be a borderline Pro Bowl caliber player. That's what I expect out of him. I think he has that level of talent. And the way he played this past game to where he gave up some on the inside rush, where he gave up some on the outside, that's just not good enough for a Jawan Taylor. I mean, it might be good enough for some other right tackles in the league, but the expectations for, in, in my mind for Jawan and should be for, in their minds, should be much higher because he's capable of, of being better. And then with Will and Cam at the left tackle spot, Will Richardson did not play at all, very well at all, uh, once he came in. And Gardner was running for his life a little bit. So the offensive line has to do a better job to help Gardner trust the pocket to not abort it. I thought in the, in the game against the Miami Dolphins, they gave him reason to think that he needed to abort early in some situations. And uh, they've, got to, they've got to work better and play better so that Gardner can continue to develop and feel comfortable in the pocket and abort less. One of the positive notes on offense, certainly this entire season so far, is the play of undrafted rookie running back James Robinson. 339 scrimmage yards. It's an NFL record through three games for an undrafted player in his career. It's fantastic. And today he was named the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Month of September. Fantastic accolades for Robinson. And he spoke with the media today. And you know what? He's going to keep on working. Um, I like to go about it like uh, I don't want to be surprised by anything that I do because then for me, I want to go out there and play the same or even better uh, every time and helping out the team and uh, just playing my role and doing my job and helping my teammates out. 
Now, of course, he's a, a piece out of the backfield in the passing game, too, has been at least early in this season, contributing to those scrimmage yards. But there's moments where he's been able to run the ball very effectively. Jay Gruden said that, you know, he maybe had come off the run a little bit early on Thursday night. They were down in the game, and, and Gruden put that on, on him and his play calling. So if they can get that run established and give Robinson the rock logs, that's, uh, that's always been a pretty good strategy, at least early in this season. Uh, absolutely, and, uh, and, and I agree with Jay that he probably didn't stick with the run early in the ball game. But, I mean, I also understand it. I mean, holy cow, your defense is just not stopping anybody, and the Miami Dolphins are, are making a track meet out of it. And so you're trying to keep up. You're trying to make something happen. You're trying to generate a little momentum. You're trying to generate a little positivity, and big chunk plays can do that for a football team and get them fired up. And uh, typically the big chunk plays come in the passing game. So I think that any quarterback needs a great uh, ground game. They're talking about the same thing in Cincinnati and that they need a good running game out of Joe Mixon to take some pressure off of the quarterback to allow them to have more balance and to make the offensive line better because they've got more manageable third downs. But you know, for, for the Jaguars' offense this past game, I mean, it, it just it wasn't very good except for James Robinson. I mean, credit to him. He totally deserves the NFL Rookie of the Month. He has done something that no other rookie has done before. He has been nothing short of fantastic every week. He shows something that just makes you go, wow. And, uh, and that's a credit to him. Undrafted guy. And then also, JP, a credit to the coaching staff because, you know what, it took some courage. Yeah to do what they did in releasing the fourth, fourth overall pick in the draft and Leonard Fournette and going with an undrafted, undrafted rookie from Illinois State. I mean, everybody was kind of sitting there going, oh, they're, they're tanking, right? I mean, that was the conversation <laughs> when, they, when they got rid of Leonard Fournette. The Jaguars are tanking. Well, guess what? They've got a really good back in James Robinson. Oh, by the way, he's the NFL Rookie of the Month. You know, so... Credit to him, credit to the coaching staff, and yes, they, they need to get him more involved if they can, but at the same token, you don't want to make it, try to make it a one-man show. You know, 17 touches last week, 129 yards and two touchdowns. He was marvelous. And, uh, and JP, I think the one thing that impresses me about him, his vision is, is second to none. Uh, he, he just doesn't waste any movement because his vision is so good, and backs that typically have great vision can make a lot of things happen, whether it be in the passing game or in the running game. And I think it's, it's, it's probably going to be hard for Terry Rubisky, the running back coach. You know, they've got Chris Thompson on board, and they, they brought Chris Thompson on board to be a third down back. But when you watch James Robinson and you watch him as a, as a receiver out of the backfield, you go, well, wait a minute, you know, uh, we'll give, let Chris Thompson get a few reps, but only just to spell. James, because I think James has shown he's just so explosive and, and he has the ability to make something always positive happen. It's, uh, there's a long season, of course, ahead of us, but it is a fantastic start for the undrafted rookie. And yes, the, the scouting staff unearthed the gym. And as you said, the coaching staff and, and personnel folks well, uh, wait, making whoa, whoa, the move whoa, whoa, to go with him. Whoa, That's whoa, big. whoa, whoa. Wait a minute, JP. <laughs> the one thing you got to remember <laughs> yes. now, you, you say the scouting staff unearthed a gem. You know, they did. <laughs> well, I, no doubt. There, there's no doubt. I mean, first of all, give the Jaguars credit for, for signing them. I mean, he, but here's the reality. 
if they thought he was that big of a gem, don't you might think that they would have drafted him? That's Maybe. true. Good point. Okay. Possibly. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, Fair enough. Uh, I, I, look, I mean, I give him credit for, for signing the young man. Okay. But, uh, you know, it's just like the Patriots. Okay. Oh, they did such a great job of getting Tom Brady in the sixth round. They're the only ones that knew. <laughs> well, they drafted him in the sixth round. If they knew that he was going to be that good, do you think they would have waited until the sixth round to draft him? No. Well, they're finding out now. Let's put it that way. Let's come back in a moment. Tony Vaselli joining us. We'll continue the conversation. Jags Bengals coming up in week four. Uh, remember, protecting the team starts with you. Stay home if you don't feel well and practice social distancing. And remember, masks are required at TIAA Bank Field this season when the Jags return home. Visit jaguars.com stadium to learn more. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. I'm Jacksonville Jaguars General Manager Dave Caldwell. Did you know you can ride your bike to every Jaguars home game at TIAA Bank Field and valet it for free? Stop by our bicycle check-in tent sponsored by Alert Today Florida near Gate 1 at TIAA Bank Field. An on-duty Zen Cog bike professional will park your bike and ensure it's secure during the game. When the game is over, return your claim ticket to pick up your bike. For cycling safety tips, visit alerttodayflorida.com. Remember, alert today, alive tomorrow, because safety doesn't happen by accident. Go Jaguars. Like working outdoors and want better pay and benefits? Superior Fence and Rail is seeking full-time fence installers with pay ranging from $16 to $25 an hour and more with commercial experience. Superior Fence and Rail will train you to work with their professional team and provide you with all the tools you need to be a top-notch installer. Get off the fence. Call Superior Fence and Rail today and start your career. SuperiorFenceAndRail.com At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. At Tropical Smoothie Cafe, one taste and you're getting refreshed now. Palm trees swaying now, letting loose now, busting a move now. Cranking up the beats now, hands in the air now, feeling free now. You're on Tropic Time now. And right now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe, try our watermelon mojito and guava margarita smoothies. And you're tasting fruity now, sipping sunshine now, toasting summer now. You're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Slot right, move 42, hot, hot. A great quarterback is a true leader with a work ethic that never wavers and a desire to win that is second to none. 
We know a truck like that. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling truck 43 years straight. With impressive towing and payload, Ford F-150 makes tough jobs look easy. Visit your local Ford dealer for great offers on F-150, official truck of the NFL. Based on 1977 to 2019 calendar year total sales. I think we're looking, we're trying to get like 20 targets just for, just because. But no, I mean, I, I'm, I think you always want to play good, play well against your old team, but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be a distraction. I don't want it to be about me or anything like that. I mean, this team, we, we need to, uh, we need to go in there and get a win and uh, get this thing rolling in the right direction. It's Tyler Eifert, Jaguars tight end, who spent his entire career with the Cincinnati Bengals until this year in free agency. He joined the Jaguars. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Tony Baselli joining us now for the last half hour of the program. Uh, the part we missed there was he said, you know, I, I think I talked to Gardner and I, I think we'd I'd like to have 20 targets this week against the Bengals. <laughs> he kind of said it tongue in cheek there, but. Uh, it's always good to go back and, and see your former team. Tony, what's up? How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're hanging in there. Week four, Jags-Bengals, game the uh, Jags need, certainly, this week, uh, after back-to-back -back losing results there. Um, you know, we, we've touched on a few different things in the first half hour, Tony, but the fast start defense and all that. Logs is not talking about the coin toss or any of that mess anymore. You got to go play football no matter who gets the ball first, second, third, fourth. Well, he's right because you don't control the uh, coin toss. It's a 50 50 proposition whether you're going to lose it, win or lose. And so, you know, we've won the first three weeks and we've deferred and we've started slow. And, you know, I think Doug probably says, you know, I want to get the ball first. Well, if Cincinnati <laughs> wins the toss and they want the ball first, it doesn't matter what you want. You got to go play and you got to go get out there and get it done. And uh, this team has to start faster. Um, I know this week a lot of the fans and and are saying, okay, we can get right, get healthy at Cincinnati. They're not very good and, and all the different things. But I don't know about you, Jeff, but you, I've watched them twice. Um, you turn on the tape, they got an explosive offense and they can hurt you. A quarterback's Yeah, good. they got uh, a group of wide receivers that are really good, I think, and a, and a young quarterback that does not look like he's a young quarterback and he's a tough guy. I think he probably showed a lot of his teammates when he took that hit from Malik Jackson, and I think that's probably the most way, probably the most way, easiest way you can impress your teammates is showing your toughness at the quarterback position. I think he did that with that hit that he took from Malik. But uh, and here's the other thing, and Tony, you you've watched him twice. You were able to to work one of their games, and you watched the film this past week of the Philadelphia Eagles. They've been in three ball games. And, and I'm talking, they've been in three ball games. They could have won any of those three of those games. And with a young quarterback out the home who's throwing the ball 141 times, that's a lot. So if all of a sudden they can find a little bit of balance to take a little pressure off of their offensive line, it's going to make Joe Burrow even that much better. And it's going to make it a pretty scary situation. Well, Jeff, you're right. I mean, and you look at the Eagles game last week, they sacked him eight times. I think had 18 hits. I mean, something just, I mean, the guy took a beating, still threw over 300 yards and was in the game. Um, and we've chronicled and talked about that the pass rush is something that the Jaguars have struggled with. And I worry 
that if they can't get a rush and they can't affect the quarterback, um, that it could be a track meet. And, you know, one of those games that whoever has the ball last wins is assuming that the Jaguars offense can kind of get back to the first two weeks, uh, the form they had in the first two weeks. Yeah, how about that, Tony? The the offense uh, last week, you know, they were down in the game. Jay Gruden said that he probably got away from the run a little bit earlier than he wanted to because of the way the game was going last week, and, and he put that on himself. Um, if they can get James Robinson going and get the run game going and balance things out, that could help things, I'm sure. Well, absolutely. I mean, the, the run defense, especially the first couple of weeks, was not very good. I mean, week two against the Browns was atrocious, but they were without – uh, Mike Daniels and Geno Atkins, and Geno Atkins is back limited practicing. Uh, Mike Daniels played last week. I think it was a groin injury the week before he had. So um, you would expect him to be a little bit better, but it's a it's something you have to take advantage of. You've got to be able to run the ball. Um, I don't think this team is good enough just to drop back and pass it. Um, and it, the balance is critical. I think if you look at the first two games where they scored a bunch of points, they had nice balance. Um, they they kept it. They stayed in the rhythm. Uh, stayed out of a lot of third and long situations. Uh, is one of the reasons they had the you know highest third down conversion rate in the NFL. For whatever reason, they got away from that. Um, the pace of the game, whatever. Uh, you know, they started throwing up more, and, and Gardner had a tough day. Uh, and the receiver core had a tough day with some drops, especially from Conley. And I, you know, overall, you know, even as I'm saying this, it's the Jaguars are a team that don't have a lot of margin for error. And so you got to play well and you got to stay consistent. You got, you know, every down counts. You know, I think uh, JP, we talked about it on Monday show that you look at a team like the Seattle Seahawks, they drop it, you know, they have a sure touchdown that DJ Metcalf uh, messes up, but it, it doesn't even phase them. They keep on going. The Jaguars have a couple of big drops and all of a sudden they stall out and they can't score points. So um, the margin for is thin. And I think it's a tough game. I think it's a tough matchup. Um, up, up against the Cincinnati Bengals just because they have shown that they're going to be in every game and that they can score points with that young quarterback. Yeah, and one of the things you got to be able to do is you got to run the football and you got to run it well against this Bengals team. And Tony, you talked about how they've given up some yards. I mean, second worst team in the National Football League at stopping the run and they're giving up five yards a pop. You know, so you, you got to find a way to take advantage of that. And then you can certainly have the ability to take some pressure off of your own quarterback. And then you can have some balance on offense, get some manageable third downs, and have an opportunity to compete. You know, because, Tony, you're right in that, you know, this football team is not good enough to be able to go to Cincinnati or anywhere, for that matter, and not play well and expect to be in the ball game and be competitive. This is a young football team that's going to have a lot of growing pains, and they've got to play well to compete. And that's just the way it is. And every week they've got to they've got to find a way to, to to compete and find a way to maximize some of the talent that they do have. All right, guys, let's come back in a moment. We've had our first COVID postponement of the season. We'll get into the Tennessee Titans situation and pick Thursday night football. It's coming up in a moment. Jaguars happy hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, the CSI Companies is one of the fastest-growing staffing firms in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI knows how important it is to find the right people for your team. See why some of Jacksonville's top companies choose CSI for their staffing needs. Visit thecsicompanies.com or call 800-582-0828 today. That's 800-582-0828 for the CSI Companies. If something's been hurting, aching, or bothering you, don't ignore it any longer. It's time to take care of your health again. It's time to make an appointment with a Baptist Health primary care doctor or specialist. Call 904-202-4U to schedule a virtual visit or see a doctor in person at a Baptist Health location. The time for better health is here. Call 904-202-4U or visit GetBetterJacks.com. Jaguars fans, let's tackle social injustice together on game days with Selfies for Change. Visit TIAABank.com slash Selfies for Change to take a virtual selfie with a Jaguars player and unlock a $5 donation to the Jaguars Foundation to help fight social injustice. Share your photo on Instagram or Twitter using hashtag Selfies for Change so more fans can be part of the movement. Join us on game days at TIAABank.com slash Selfies for Change. TIAA Bank is the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity committed to the team committed to the mission at navy mutual we're committed to providing high quality life insurance to members of the military and their families so our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions we don't work on commission we're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members because at navy mutual our highest commitment is to you visit navymutual.org navy mutual ensuring those who serve. I think anytime, you know, something affects the team, you know, from a standpoint of COVID, um, I don't want to, you know, I mean, they, it, it's, it's a problem. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to say it's the worst you know, because obviously, um, you know, things could get worse, you know, as far as what may happen or may not, you know, down the road. So I don't want to speculate towards that. But I really believe that the way the league has set up the protocols and the contact tracing and everything from that nature, you know, has at least given us the ability to um, uh, go ahead and, and continue to play these games. I think that 
this is a great opportunity right now for, for all of us, you know, in this league, coaches, players, support staff, you know, to remind ourselves of, um, you know, with a lot of these openings that are going on of our awareness of once we're outside the building and what we're doing. And, you know, knowing that, that you test every single day, uh, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be exposed to it. Head coach Doug Marone earlier this week after news of the Tennessee Titans having a number of positive cases of COVID-19. And welcome back. Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Tony Baselli. Yeah, let's get to this. Obviously, the, the big news was all the, the positive tests for Tennessee. Uh, they were scheduled to play the Steelers this week. And there was hope originally that they were maybe going to push the game back to Monday or Tuesday. But since that idea... They have had more positive tests come through in both personnel and on the roster. So the most li- the, so they've postponed the game to an alternate date. Well, the most likely scenario, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, is moving the Steelers-Ravens game from Week 7 to Week 8. Uh, Steelers and Ravens would uh, have a bye in Week 8 currently. And then move the Steelers-Titans game from this week to Week 7. That's the most likely scenario if there are no other positives for the Vikings and that would have to shuffle some other things around and as of right now the Vikings have not had any positive tests since that game so Tony that's uh, a big change but you know it's one that we you kind of saw it coming at some point in this season it just happens to be in week four yeah outside of going doing what the NBA did which is just a complete bubble and trying to lock everything down I mean you figured sooner or later there's gonna be some positive test now the concern is i mean just a few minutes ago i was reading on twitter another positive test for a titans player you wonder how long does this go and how um because you know i think there's like a five to six day incubation period where these things can come up and so what you worry about is a number of these players getting uh, COVID 19 hopefully they don't get very sick but how long does it take them to recover does it affect them going into next week's game as well um so those are all things we don't know. I think the NFL is doing the best they can and kind of managing it the best they can. Um, and so hopefully this is an isolated case and they can do what you said, JP in week seven, week eight, and kind of get these games in, but I'll be shocked if this is the last situation we have. Um, and there's going to be a lot of finagling and a lot of moving around of games and scheduling and everything else. And it's going to be a fluid process until the end. And let's just hope we get all 16 games in and get to the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I don't know how that's going to happen. I mean, I, I think at some point you're going to be juggling uh, another situation again. And, and here's the challenging part. Now that you're moving a game for three different teams, essentially because of the situation in Tennessee, now you've lost the, the flexibility to maybe do some things with that team later on in the season. You know, so uh, hopefully, first and foremost, everybody is going to be okay that have, has tested positive. I know that Mike Vrabel said that some of the people that have tested positive are experiencing significant symptoms, and hopefully everybody's going to be okay there first and foremost. You know, but the one thing also that, you know, you read that comes out not too long, not too long after the announcement was made about the Tennessee situation, you, you read about how Derek Carr and some Oakland Raider players were at, like, some kind of charity event and were out and about. <laughs> and you go, wait no a minute, what are you doing? Right, no masks. Yeah, yeah. no masks. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, uh, that's, me, that's, I mean, that's, that's shocking. Uh, 
you know, and Derek made some kind of statement about how, oh, well, you know, wanted to have a, a night out, wanted to support our teammate. And, oh, wait a minute, what's your teammate doing having a charitable event where you're, you're out amongst the public, you know, when you're trying to, to I don't want to say self-quarantine because you're not totally being quarantined, but you're trying to, to do the right thing. And now you're putting your team at risk, your teammates at risk. And to me, that's just, it's crazy. I mean, I, I just don't understand that thinking. And uh, I hope the Tennessee situation will, will bring back how serious this issue is to others in the National Football League. Because I think, at, you know, things have been going so well for the league. So well, whereas colleges had to deal with cancellations, et cetera, the league though it's been it's been impeccable, and virtually no effect impact whatsoever. And I think that when you have that things going so well, well the players and I think certain staff members or whatever might all of a sudden become a little lack. And I don't know if that was the case with Tennessee. I don't know if if that's the case with the Oakland Raiders. We're all of a sudden okay now things have been going so well we're okay to be able to do this little event. But this is a very serious issue. If you're going to pull off the season, all hands on deck have to be exactly exact and as far as the decision-making that they make and the way they conduct themselves and the way that they carry themselves in public and around certain situations. Well, and, I, and the thing I'd add, Jeff, is um, I mean, the NFL has, has put in some flexibility within the scheduling. I mean, this was one of the weeks, actually, there's no division games with the thought that they condense the season if they need to. And I think there's a couple more of those um, throughout the season. And also there's plans, and I'm pretty sure that they could push the Super Bowl back a few weeks. So don't be surprised if, as you see the shuffling of, if, if this continues, and, and my guess is, I agree with you, Jeff, that this probably isn't the last we see of it, that there is flexibility in the schedule for things to be moved around. And don't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they extend the Super Bowl, start the playoffs a little bit later and try to get the games they need to get done uh, sometime at the end of the season, they condense the season, take away weeks and have teams make up games that they miss there. Um, so there's flexibility that they built into the schedule. I'm interested to hear, uh, we'll, we'll hear from Doug Marone coming up at five o'clock on the Doug Marone show, but you know, obviously as, as long as you said, you want everybody to be healthy and, and fine and come through this thing. But at some point, you got to get back to football and and get back to your business and go back to work. Like the Titans building is closed right now. Everybody's away from there. And Tony, as you said, they have a game next week on the schedule. So at what point do you get back in the groove? How quickly does that process happen? I guess you just got to kind of roll with it if you're the Titans right now. Well, I mean, it depends on how how severe how severe these guys who get sick. Um, I mean. God forbid some of them get sick where it's a two to three week recovery. Um, how many of them get sick? Um, I mean, I think there's so many unknowns. We just can't take anything for granted right now. It's really a week to week, moment to moment, you know, person to person based on how they handle it and how uh, this disease spreads throughout the Titans organization or any other organization for that matter. So a lot of unknowns. Um, I think we all knew that coming into this, that there's going to be situations that you just can't control. And even if you do it the best you possibly can, there's still a chance because they go home to their families. They have kids who are in school. Uh, they have, you know, probably teenagers that go out and do things. I mean, it's it's hard. Um, but the one thing you can't do is what Jeff mentioned. You can't be a player who purposely does things at a charity event or other places that really opens yourself up. Um, 
because that even makes is going to make it even more difficult to get through this. No doubt. It's uh, it's certainly a problem now for the Tennessee Titans, and we'll see the uh, official word whenever it does come down from the league of when that Steelers-Titans game will be rescheduled. But as we said, the uh, most likely scenario is uh, week seven, um, a few weeks from right now. Now, uh, let's get to Thursday night football. It's a battle of 0-3 teams tonight, guys. Sam Darnold and the hapless New York Jets entertain Brett Rippon and the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Somebody's O's got to go unless they tie. Who you got tonight? Oh, jeez. Are you are we are you going to even watch the game tonight? I'm not sure I turn it on. I hate to say that. I mean, I love the NFL, I love football, but my goodness, there's I mean, maybe I'll watch turn it on as background noise and as I'm doing something else, but this is one of the this is a bad matchup. Well, it's a bad matchup, but, uh, I mean, you, you've got a – I mean, who's playing quarterback for the Denver Broncos? Is it Rippon tonight? Yeah, Rippon. And then you yep. got Brett your – Okay, got Brett Rippon, and then you have Sam Darnold, who ah, – I don't know if it's all him or if it's Adam Gase or if it's their football team as a whole, but, I mean, the Jets are just bad. I mean, just bad. Yeah. Um, it's going to be something to watch. JP, who, for sure. who are you It'll taking, JP? Who, who do you think's going to win? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be the Jets. I'll say that. Uh, they oh, have the not showed well the at all this year. <laughs> yeah, but the Jets are yeah, worse. The, the Broncos at least the Broncos will play some decent defense, though. I I, I don't think the Jets have a chance. And uh, and I know the reports. I mean, here here's how bad the Jets are. There there's already been rumors and. Talk about could Adam Gase get up fired, end up getting fired after this game, and and here's the reality. Could he? Yeah, he might, because you know what, he hasn't been very good so far. And he's supposed to be this offensive guru, right? And what has he done for the Jets' offense? What has he done for Sam Darnold? Done done nothing. Well, also I'll go out on a limb. I think the Jets win. Oh, oh, what are, what are we betting on this? <laughs> I'll bet you dinner. All right, dinner. All right, we got a, we got a dinner bet. You got the Jets Winner, yep, just because of your FC guy, and then you're totally you're totally abandoning your hometown team. I can't believe that. Well, it, it's uh, you know I want them. To, I'm going to go for the Jets because I want you to buy me a nice steak dinner, and uh, I also want to be able to call my dad, who's a big Bronco fan, and, and kind of give him a hard time after they lose. <laughs> well, I mean, what if what if Blake Bortles comes in off the bench and leads him to victory, guys? He might. <laughs> yeah. He might. JP. I, I like my chances. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, fair enough. No, it's not. So that's it's Thursday not night football. Blake. I just don't. I mean, he's brand new there. I don't think the Broncos are any good. We'll find out uh, who's yeah. who's worse, I guess, tonight. Uh, the Jets and the Broncos coming up. Tony, uh, we will talk to you on Sunday for the Jags and the Bengals coming up. We appreciate it. All right. See you guys. All right, Tony Baselli, out of here. Logs, stick around. The Doug Marone Show. Is coming up next. We'll hear from head coach Doug Marone. All right, thanks to our entire crew, and thank you for watching and listening to Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday ahead of week four. The Jags and the Bengals coming up 
in Cincinnati this Sunday at 1 o'clock. And this is the Jaguars Digital Network.